0: One of the reasons that I realized I needed to be a farmer when I started my family was because I knew it was critically important that I feed my children well and that it was very, very difficult to get access to high quality food by buying it.
1: Welcome to The Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. Let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Dan Kittredge. Dan has been an organic farmer for more than 30 years and is the founder and executive director of the Bionutrient Food Association. The BFA is an eight year old nonprofit educational organization whose mission is to increase quality in the food supply. Known as one of the leading proponents of nutrient density globally, Dan has worked to make the connections between plant health, soil health, carbon sequestration, crop nutritional value, flavor, and human health. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thanks for having me. So Dan, many people are afraid right now of getting a little bit dirty, feet in the dirt, hands in rich soil, and maybe being exposed to some bugs, some worms, some microbes. (laughs) Why do you think that this fear of nature might be a little bit problematic?
0: Because our immune system uh, is foundationally driven by our microbiome. And our microbiome is you know, it's an ecosystem, and you want to have a polyculture. You want to have like a, um, you know, think about the an old-growth forest versus a, a clear-cut or something. Um, you know, you you don't have invasive species. You don't have um, pathogens taking over in an old-growth forest because you've got this balanced ecosystem of all these different species living in symbiosis. And when you have a gut flora like that um, or your <clears throat> your complete microbiome, is, is, has a broad spectrum of species in it, then you're, you're, functionally your immunity is going to be stronger. And you know, the way you get access to those microbes is by being in nature, by gardening, by going for walks, by, you know, petting your dog, all kinds of things like that are actually great ways to support the, the breadth and the vitality of that microbiome, which is the foundation of your, of your immune system function.
1: Great. Dan I'd love for you to explain how the health of our soil is so connected to the health of our plants, our food and ultimately the health of our bodies, our brains, our hearts our spirits Well <clears throat> yeah it should take about a minute and a half to answer that question
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is actually kind of simple um, <clears throat> you know soil they say is a is a living Ecosystem. Um, think about all of the, you know, uh, the fish and organisms that live around a coral reef. Um, um, you know, there's it's a, a healthy soil. I'm not sure what the numbers are; they're always changing them. But in one teaspoon of soil is, you know, more stars than there are in the, you know, Milky Way or something. Um, there's there's more microbes than there are stars in the Milky Way um, in one teaspoon of soil. It's just There's, it's a, it's a vibrant, vital ecosystem. Um, and that is how our food, our plants, um, evolved to grow was in that ecosystem. And so when we grow our food in an environment where that's occurring, where you actually have living vital soil, um, all of the pathways of nutrition are operational and functional. Um, in many cases, we, uh, our food crops are grown in a, in a fairly sterile monoculture, lots of chemicals. Um, you know, it's not abiotic, but it's more dirt than it is soil. And you may be able to get volume in your food be grown that way, but you, it's really difficult to get nutrition or flavor or aroma. And those things that we call flavor and aroma that scientists call nutrients um, that are in food when it's grown in a healthy living soil are what our bodies need to flourish. And that's why our tongues work the way they do, why they tell us that this carrot is kind of bitter and bland. Um, and this carrot is very flavorful. That's our, our bodies telling us this one is nutritious. That one's not. And so, um, you know, they say you are what you eat. Um, I say, it's either junk or it's food, but it can't be both. Um, if you build your body out of um foodstuffs that are nutritionally devoid, or at least very low, you should not be surprised when after some time, maybe it's a couple decades, or maybe it's just a couple of years, or maybe it's a couple generations, um, your body starts to fall apart. And so what we understand is that there's a very deep connection between the level of vitality life in the soil um, and the health of the plant that's growing in the soil and the nutritional value of the food that plant produces and the health of the animal that eats it. Um, So, you know, it's nature has figured this thing out. Um, In our hubris, we think we can do a better job than nature um, and we're being shown um, that that's not the case. So I'm not sure if I answered all those questions, but there's at least a opening salvo.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. I mean, so many people absolutely are suffering from different health issues. And it seems as though, like you said, we are deficient in so many key minerals and trace minerals and vitamins I mean, what is someone to do, the, the average person who's listening right now, and they're like, well, I don't want, you know, I don't want my body to break down. I don't want my family's body to break down because I'm just eating junk. Um, what's someone to do, and, and how can they go about nourishing themselves on a deeper level for, for, you know, for the average person out there?
0: One of the reasons that I realized I needed to be a farmer when I started my family was because I knew it was critically important that I feed my children well and that it was very very difficult to get access to high quality food by buying it um, the supply chain is is really in pretty rough shape um, and <clears throat> certainly if if money's not an issue you can buy you know really fancy grass fed steaks and things like that but um, on a relative budget um, accessing high quality food is is fairly difficult so <clears throat> There are all kinds of, you know, CSAs and, you know, you know, food co-ops and things like that where you can generally get a better quality than what you can get in the grocery store. Um, you know, if you search out your local supply chain and you find your local farmers that are, you know, um, that are raising those grass fed, you know, cows or, or, or for meat or for milk or uh, pastured poultry or things like that, you can find um, high quality food. Uh, it really has to do with how it's grown. Um, and I would say labels are generally insufficient uh, to tell you that. Um, <clears throat> we don't really have a nutritional label. We have process labels, but we don't have nutritional labels. Um, so I don't envy someone who does not have access to land in trying to feed their families well. Um, it's, 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 it, you can certainly do a lot better than is normally being done, but, but really getting your hands on high quality food is, is a serious challenge. Um, and maybe that's not the right answer, but that's, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, it's the reality.
1: Right. Right. Well, you know, it, it reminds me of something you said to me once before you said, you know, you, you, you reminded me of just how, how more and more people are living in cities these days, urban areas. And you said that the sooner we can check into nature, the better, and may, maybe that relates to what you're, what you're getting at. Um I guess maybe if you could explain you know to someone listening out there you know what 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 does it mean to check into nature the sooner you know rather than later If if you remember what you yeah, said Yeah no, I, mean,
0: I I might I I think I I sometimes go on this little rant I call it occupy the land um but um yeah I think you know it's very interesting now that There seems to be, you know, um, a lot of people who have resources are starting to move out of the city um, when it used to be, you know, the place where people with resources thought was the cool place to be. Um, You know, I think that we are on some deep level. You know, we are animals. Um, We're in the animal kingdom. You know, we may have self-awareness but we're still, you know, our physical form is that, and we evolved to be in close proximity to natural environments, to be intimately involved with natural environments. And the urban environment to a large degree is not natural. Um, and there's all kinds of things that are sort of ambient stressors, um, that come from living in that urban environment, which I think and suburban environments too. a lot of people that are not necessarily deep in the city, but, but are, don't spend much time outdoors. I think these, these things apply, um, you know, <clears throat> we talked about the microbiome earlier and just access, you know, to, you know, walking in the forest will build your microbiome, you know, you know, working in the garden will build your microbiome. Um, I think, uh, f- fresh air, um, Uh, The lack of electromagnetic pollution, Um, you know, in many cases, people who live in urban environments or suburban environments are working a job for money with which to buy things. And, you know, as money becomes less available or many people are stressed out by not having enough of it, they're feeling obliged to work more. Um, and I feel like it's a little bit of a rat race where, there may be a certain small set of individuals that are able to profit handsomely, but a lot of people are really struggling. And um, I would say that, you know, as I understand it, this country was founded on this sort of yeoman ethic of independent self-sufficient landowners. And certainly the idea at the time was that they all had to be white males. Uh, We can sort of unposit that. But I do think there's something about Um, being independent and self-sufficient on land um, where you own land. It doesn't, not you have a mortgage, but you own it. Um, And you're able to provide your family's basic needs from it, or at least your basic needs are much less. Um, That I think as we can get more into that kind of an environment where we're independent and more relatively self-sufficient, a lot of the stresses of our lives will dissipate, and the ability to have a higher quality of life um, will improve. So, it's a it's a obviously a very um, nuanced and potentially um, landmine-filled conversation. But I I really do believe that we um, <clears throat> we do better in community, in nature, uh, at least in more natural environments with less stress with less pressure um, and and the way the culture seems to have been going recently is is to bring us away from those kinds of things. So I think we should, you know, I think maybe this whole, you know, epidemic dynamic is, you know, an opportunity in disguise where we're being forced to look at these things and, and perhaps, you know, deeply reconsider what our priorities are and um, <clears throat> personally and culturally.
1: Absolutely. Dan, I mean, you talked about the role of, of nature and just being in contact with nature as, as, as it relates to reducing stress. Maybe just talk a little bit about sort of nature in your life and how you've, you know, I mean, you're a farmer, you're also, you know, you have a business, um, but it all, it all works out very well for you. Maybe just talk a little bit about, you know, sort of the, the, the healing power of nature and being around nature and being, you know, working in nature as a farmer. Um, in your life
0: I you know I do farm um, and have all my life in the past couple of years you know I run this organization the Bionicry Food Association and and we're involved in a bunch of I think you know quite exciting projects and one of the downsides of that is that I have to spend more and more time every day working for the organization and have less time for the for the farming and all that Um, but I you know Will take my calls in the forest, in the fields, in the hay barn. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm rarely in front of a computer. Um, you know, occasionally if I'm sending emails and things like that. But but you know, I can I can um, engage in quote unquote a professional career um, to a large degree while still being physically, you know, in nature, and that just feels. Um, like a blessing, like a real absolute blessing. Um, you know, I have been traveling for many years, giving workshops and courses and flying around the world. And, um, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, um, you know, maybe when you were in high school and people talked about the word love and, um, you knew it was something, but you didn't Know what it was because you hadn't experienced it, um, and then you experienced it, and you're like, "Oh my God, now I know." Um, I think nature may be something like that, where um, it's a concept um, for a lot of people. But as you as you as you step into it, you're you're touched. Um, I was just walking through the field um, this past weekend with somebody who's a MIT uh, astrobiologist. Um, you know, studies looking for life in the stars, and you know, we were walking through the field, and he was just like, "It's so peaceful here. It's so, it just there's it's there's not really a word for it. It's just this deeper relaxation that you feel." Um, and I think a lot of us carry a lot of stress in our bodies and our minds, um, and it really it really wears us down over time, and you know what are we what are we here for in the first place? You know, what is success? Is it notoriety? Is it fame? Is it power? Is it money? Is it is it quality of life? You know? Um, I think I think the culture trains us to chase things that are not necessarily deeply fulfilling. Um, and it's incumbent on us to really step back and and consider uh, where we're going and what we're trying to accomplish and I think you know we all have the ability to manifest brilliantly if we put our mind to it, and so it really it's a question of what are you trying to accomplish? Where do you want to go with your life? Uh, what are your priorities? I, you know, you hear stories of people who say, you know, when I retire, I'm going to get in a nice little nice little place in the country, a nice little farm in the country, and like, but you're going to be 65 or 70, and you're going to be probably in rough physiological shape, and you may have a couple of years of you know ambulatoriness before you <laughs> you know you're you gotta go to the the old age home or or you're dead already. Like why not live that quality of life now? Why not aim for it now? Um why wait for it to be something 40 years into the future that you may accomplish if you're successful? Um so there's a couple of thoughts on that topic.
1: That's awesome. So Dan, if someone was, uh, you know, having tea with you and just sitting in front of you, and and they're a city city person, and they're like, "Well, I, I have this strong calling to be in nature, maybe even to have my own farm," what might you advise them as like a first step? Like maybe maybe not selling everything, and and maybe maybe that w- maybe that would be what you advise them: sell everything and just do it. Or m- maybe there's a first step that you might recommend.
0: I wouldn't say get rid of the day job. I wouldn't say, you know, just just cold turkey jump and figure it out. I think it's it's always wise to be measured about these things. But um, but having a vision and saying this is where I'm going, and it may take will take three years to get there or five years to get there, but I'm going to focus my entire energy around this process. If you if you're willing to sort of do that, um, a lot of things can be done very inexpensively. um, um, no one's going to care for a place like you are. Um, you know, people have been building houses for a very long time with much less technological capacity than we have now. Um, you know, the logistics of life can be quite simple, um, depending on what your vision is and what your desire is. Um, but yeah, I would say it's the, the primary thing to do is to, is to, is to Take a decision, and you know what. Once you feel that from within, this is what I want to be doing. Um, don't spend money if you don't need to, right? Just because you've got money doesn't mean you need to spend it. I think there's a lot of things that are sort of the monthly bills that are like you know just in the background you don't think about. Um, you know you need to sort of focus and 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 um, it it's totally doable. And you know if you've got children. Um, and you can pass it on to them, then you can, you know, begin a lineage of your family being on the land or, or, or not, maybe not begin it, but, but return to it. I think a lot of people these days don't have title to land. They don't have that, that foundational, um, tenure and it's, it's very disempowering, I think.
1: Absolutely. Um, Dan, do you have any daily practices? I mean, I think you mentioned a few, just, just what you do on the farm and everything, but are there any daily practices that you have that keep you a bit more sane and centered and maybe a little bit more peaceful?
0: Earlier in my life, I was I went way down that rabbit hole of meditation and and things like that. Um, and I think probably um, I'm writing on writing on the work that I did then still to some degree. Um, I think the real practice for me is to be present with what feels, how things feel. Does this thing, what does this engagement, this conversation, this person, this relationship, this work, feel inspiring or energizing, or does it feel draining? Um, you know, If you, we have, I think, extremely sophisticated sensory capacities in our, you know, we call it our physical body. I believe that we have, there's many levels to it, um, and some of which don't quite show up on the physical plane. Um, you know, they talk about chakras and nadis and, and meridians and, you know, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole too far, but I, I do believe that we have, we're inbuilt with the capacity to sense our environment very, 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 um, profoundly. And that those feelings we have of being energized, of being depressed, of being overwhelmed, of being stressed, of being invigorated, if we can be present with how each thing in our life makes us feel, um, that can guide us towards that, you know, those things which leave you feeling drained and stressed are things you want to be minimizing, whether they're a piece of work or, you know, a relationship or a lifestyle dynamic or whatever it is. Um, I think we all have that inbuilt, um, capacity for discernment and however you want to access it. Um, If you need to spend five minutes every morning to meditate, to remind yourself to be aware, great. Um, Whatever it takes, but just be aware of how the things around you make you feel and make thoughtful decisions accordingly.
1: Great, Dan. Um, For anyone listening right now who's feeling a little powerless and hopeless about their life and about their future, if you had to recommend one thing, Dan, that they could maybe start doing today to begin to take their life in a new direction. I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but but what <laughs> <laughs> what might that be if you had to pick one thing?
0: I would have to talk to the person. Um, <laughs> okay. Tell me why they're feeling depressed and powerless. You know, is it? are they 50 years old and, you know, they've got a family that's falling apart and they can't pay the bills? Are they... 20 and they're trying to get out of the house and, you know, haven't figured out their calling in life. Um, what's the, you know, it depends on, it depends on each, each one of us is in a unique place, um, with different dynamics that are causing us to feel, um, that way. I don't that's
1: know. Fa- fair enough. No, that's, that makes a lot of sense. That totally makes sense. Um, Well, let me ask you this. If you had the opportunity, I'm going to put you on the spot again here. This is, but this is a question I ask everybody that's on the show. If you had the opportunity to travel back in time, say 30, 35 years, what words of wisdom might your current self share with your younger self?
0: Uh, 30 years. That would make me 12. Um, Wow. (laughs) Hmm. I think I suffered from a a deep, a deep insecurity, a deep um, um, lack of self worth. I think people saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. And so um, I took a lot of decisions in my life that came from that place of feeling not good enough. So, um, yeah, if it was possible to convey that. I was wonderful to that 12 year old self. I think that would have been very valuable. <laughs> that would have been very helpful.
1: Thank you so much. It's great, to, uh, it's great to chat with you for a few minutes again.
0: Thank you very much for the, this is, a, I love these questions. <laughs> these are really, really uh, thought provoking. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to the Drew Curlman show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, discover, and stay well, everyone.